You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot someone. I can't Very North Park Brewing. Ah, yeah, North Park Brewing. It had like macadamia nuts and coconut and chocolate, and it was a mess of adjuncts, and yeah. it was good. It was good. So, all right, I'm good. I'm ready. I think you got it. Yeah. Mark's still scrolling through his Sorry. his phone. All right. So, am I good just to make the call and opening something as we? Yeah. Yes. Depending on Brad getting here and all that. Okay. Yes. Yes, bartender. Anyone's gonna mind? Pass the theorem around and let's do this. All right, folks. Pints and provisions back again. It's good to be in person. It's good to be a group of four. Uh, it's been a while. Ryan, Kyle, Mark, and I, Evan here. So we're good, ready to go. Let's do this. Glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's I said, been too long. It's yeah. The well, this it was funny because. I think we went after it during a lot of pandemic shutdown. Summer came and we all got busy. Some of us had children. And next thing you know, summer was kind of in full swing for most of us. And now school's in, at least mostly school, uh, for some of us too. It just got super, super busy. So, But yeah, it's good to be back. You know, it's funny. I we I drove by Poor Brothers on the way here, and it looked like there was plenty of room outside. Ah. I don't know if trivia started later. It starts at seven, so I right. think ah. it picks up. It'd be nice to get back to you know one of our home bases there. Um, anybody been down to Bearded Owl lately to grab some to go stuff? No, I need to get down there. It's been a little while. I grabbed a couple crawlers a while back, but it's been a little while. Yeah, and I did. I don't know, Kyle. Did you ever get the two new bottles? I missed it. Yeah, the American Wild Ale that had raspberries and pineapple is an absolute gem. Reconfiguration? Pineapple. Pineapple and raspberry. I mean, it was very good. Surprisingly good. And I shouldn't say surprisingly good, but I think it was a sleeper. It was really good. And then they had the other one, which was a um, more of a Saison style with a bunch of herbal you know, elements to it. Fine. I think it was well done. It just maybe wasn't something I needed to drink the whole bottle. You know, that's a good share. So anyway, uh, seven fifty milliliter, twenty two ounce. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger bottle. Yeah. Why do you think pineapple is not very commonly used? Tart. Raspberries. Pulp. Everything. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I'm just curious. It seems like it'd be very easy to use since it's very. I've always th- thought because orange is also one that's not used, and I've just always thought it's just a little bit of the tartness that probably comes through too strong on whatever base beer it gets added to. 
Yeah, you're right. You don't see a lot of... Maybe it's because you can really replicate a lot of orange flavor with hops and such. Blue Moon, they use oranges. <laughs> good, good call. Um, All right. Well, Shot like, down. <laughs> well, as another example, I love the flavor of blueberry, but uh, Color 5 is about <laughs> the only good blueberry yep. beer I've had from Jester King, but I read that blueberry is a, is a fruit that is exceptionally hard to extract flavor from. I could see that. And I think... Uh, and that's why you don't see it a lot in beer. I think a few years ago we would have said, uh, I think we probably talked about it, that uh, strawberry was one that wasn't used much, but... Mark's brought over at least once or twice uh, the Fauna Flora one with strawberry oh that yeah. is just fabulous. Rhythm rug. Rhythm rug, Rhythm I rug. think, yeah. That's but strawberry's not very used, uh, not very commonly used either. Um, uh, Resident Culture does a really nice strawberry as well. Uh, I forget what, <coughs> let me think about the name of that, but uh, out of uh, Charlotte. Off Colors Market Rate uses red and green strawberries. Hmm. Delicious. And okay. then uh, the other uncommonly used fruit, that I think we all probably tried for the first time together in a beer is watermelon with that Holmes Brewing oh, fantastic. Uh, sour saison that uh, they added watermelon and <laughs> <laughs> I know what the laughing is going on and we'll explain in a second. Yeah. Watermelon it, and vanilla, right? And maybe lime? Oh, Holmes. Holmes, yeah, that out of fantastic. Ann Arbor. Fantastic. It was a beautiful bottle. Um, it was I, one of those like Dre Fontenayne. Um, yeah, like the seasons. Yeah, the size seasons. bottle, just a really cool sized uh, bottle that's uh, very round at the bottom, and I think it was watermelon, vanilla, and maybe lime. It was, it was, it was fabulous. It was almost one of my favorites of that share. Yeah, another strawberry one uh, I just had recently was the. Uh, it was a variation of the M forty three that was done with the strawberries. Oh, yeah. That was that was really nice. Yeah. Remember when Daniel went to the beer festival up in mm-hmm. Michigan, and that was like only at the festival right. and they had not canned it yet and we right. were super excited for him to report back on it because right. he was blown away by it yeah he, lo- it was he was like his favorite for a while i think it was like on premise only and yeah. i think obviously it was such a big hit they decided to start can canning it so. and i think it was the hit of the festival i think i remember him You're saying right. that it was once delicious. people heard it was there it was when m43 was a hot thing did you guys um, have you guys tried it yet it was a huge line i haven't ever had it uh sure. i locally here uh benny's had it uh, just this week, so it's still there. Yeah, we'll we'll get some of that trickle down here. Yep, from Old Nation. Um, so before we start, uh, yes, you guys were just laughing about something. Yeah. So Ryan opened up Bottle Logic's Fundamental Theorem, and of course, if you are familiar with Bottle Logic's series of fundamental observation, fundamental forces, which are their barrel aged vanilla stouts, what would you call fundamental um, forces? Is that like a, a just a double Double stout, or I mean, it's like a little bit more high octane than force it's like seventeen percent. So it's like they go observation, um, observation, force, forces, and then theorem. theorem just theorem kind of amping it up. It goes fourteen, seventeen, and then what's this? Twenty point five nine percent ABV. This is a hot mofo. <laughs> and it's it's what a year, two years old? Uh, probably a year and a half. I think it was. It's twenty nineteen on the bottle, and oh. I think it was the spring of last year when it came out. I probably had it for six months, and I did not put this in any room temperature because I wanted to mellow it out as quickly as possible. Well, they kept dumping it into fresh bourbon barrels, right? Isn't it like a triple <laughs> bourbon barrel aged? <laughs> Something like that, like, yeah. It's <laughs> very apparent. Imperial Stout aged in four successive sets of bourbon barrels. I was close. 
and finished with Madagascar and Tahitian vanilla beans. And it's a 2019. So it's a 28 months aged. Brad is now trickling in. So anyway, four times aged in bourbon barrels. So beautiful. That'll um, do it. So, yeah, that's it's <laughs> it's hot. I mean, like, remember when we talked about how hot bourbons are? This is a hot beer. That's a hot beer. Well, it's part bourbon at this point. At, at this point, it really is. Just pour a little bourbon in your fundamental observation, and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Brad just bellied up to the bar here. Uh, so he is not on mic, but we're welcome, 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 welcoming his suggestions and input at any time. The uh, Pints and Provisions budget doesn't allow for five um, <laughs> microphones. We're still waiting for that sponsor. <laughs> we need a sponsor. The first sponsor. I mean, like we're on a bike jersey at this point now. So <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, still haven't seen anything to to get us that fifth mic. So. All right, so what we thought we'd kind of do since it is transitioning from summer into fall is we get a little idea of what some of our favorite beers were of the summer and some of our favorite food items cooked, um, procured, eaten, what have you, from the summer. So I'll open up the table. Maybe uh, I'm looking right at Mark. Maybe he wants to go. I mean, whenever we think about food and talk about grilling, I kind of usually go to this guy to to see what he's been up to. And, and you did procure uh, a fourth grill this summer? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, so <laughs> we'll start with that. <laughs> and it's yours. So uh, for Father's Day, my wife was gracious enough to uh, gift me uh, a Primo, uh, which is the uh, U.S. Uh, version of the green egg, basically. It's all made in the U.S. out of Georgia, but it's uh, probably best known for like the oval shape. Uh, which is kind of unique that you can fit a, a few more items on it more than the round one. So, but uh, the Kamado style grill is basically what it is. Uh, you cook with lump charcoal and you can add chunks of wood. Uh, very versatile. Uh, you can get it extremely hot if you're wanting to sear like a really nice steak. You know, the I can peg it out at 800, so I'm not even sure exactly how hot it's actually getting. It pro- it's probably hotter than that. Um, and then you can uh, smoke low and slow. Uh, this past weekend, I did a couple beer can chickens. Uh, you know, you set it to 250 by adjusting the louvers, and that thing will just just stay nice and steady for nice. however long. I think you could probably, I bet you could get 20 hour cook on that thing if you load it up with lump charcoal and wood. Really, and, yeah. and not really have to feed it. And correct, wow. it just it's so efficient at burning. It's so insulated, so it just it you just barely crack the the louver, and it just sits there and kind of just slowly draws air in. Once you you kind of have to watch it, it you can get to the heat very fast, but you can't drop off. So you want to you want to slow it down as you're approaching your temperature, okay, and start to back it off uh, early and let it kind of creep up to that temperature versus overshoot and then try to get it to cool down. So okay, okay, so. What did you make on it? What did you have this summer? Because I can only assume that in Mark's world, the best thing he probably ate was something he made himself. Honestly. True. Um, <laughs> Confidence. <laughs> Always. No, no, but... The, no, it's true. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's, a lot of times when you when you put so much effort into a, a piece of meat or a meal, 
it's very hard for a, a, a restaurant, even a, a great restaurant, to mass produce that same care and quality that I'm putting into one exclusive yeah. meal. So, you know, if you, so it is very hard to duplicate, uh, you know, so the bar does get set fairly high. Yeah, I think with like steaks, you know, unless you're at a really nice steakhouse where you get a really premier cut of meat, mm-hmm. um, I, I'd prefer to just cook it at home. Right. You know, if it's if it's a stand not standard, but if it's just a, a nice filet or porterhouse or something like that, I'd rather and I'd rather me, do it at home I, and, and I would, make it to my style than get it at a restaurant. But then you get into I know, would I would agree like the extra the, aged and the extra kicker is like the dry aged steaks yep, you get at a nice restaurant that <laughs> I, that's probably my next venture is to uh, get something. Dry age. Yeah, start dry aging meat. So you I get think a, be really a cool. salt vault. Have you seen those? I have not. It's like a Himalayan pink salt box that you put your meat in. That's dry awesome. Dry for what two hundred and what would that guy do? Oh, <laughs> episode l- two. L- Lennox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's two hundred day. Two hundred day dry aged steaks. Jeez. Whoa. Which you know that's like, a long time to wait you know, for. Thirty is nice. You know, sixty <laughs> ninety is like okay. That's really rare. Like uh, an impressive. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people are doing that. And this guy was at 200 yeah. days. Okay. Have you, have you Insane. Not that specifically. Chef, the chef's table? I've, the I've, barbecue edition? I've, yeah, I've now been privy to it now that you guys and Brian has been sharing a few episodes there. Great okay. show. <clears throat> it left me wanting more. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, back back to the food. Yeah, so what did you cook? <laughs> so, okay, two <laughs> things. One, I, I actually came prepared with more of, like, one of my more memorable meals. There you go. Um and, but it has nothing to do with being home. Fine. Uh, it was actually you were you were a part of it actually uh, when we uh, we were we were up in Michigan uh, doing our own family vacations, um, and it was over my wife's 40th birthday. And a lot of things with you know the COVID and all that, everything's been kind of shut down, so we weren't really taking any trips. Uh, but we were up there in Michigan doing a lake vacation with just our family, and we got together one night with uh, Evan's family and. Uh, another uh, friend of ours, uh, uh, Brian. A fellow and, listener. Yep, and, and his family. And we got together and actually we went to this fantastic meat market in Traverse City. Uh, Burrits. Burrits. Burrits Market. Un- unbelievable. Uh, and we just loaded up on great, yes, huge, you did. thick steaks. <laughs> I mean, we just, they kind of looked at Brian and I like, are you sure you want this many steaks? They're uh, like, I yes, mean, we yeah, do. I mean, we almost cleaned them out. And brought them back, and uh, you know Brian had some, picked up some like really good like um, salt and some really like uh, I, I forget where it was where it was from, but it's like this hand harvested salt from the Middle East or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was, but it was fantastic. Salt and peppered them up, and that that was just a memorable night. Uh, you know, just to hang with yeah. friends and to celebrate uh, Becky's birthday. So that was most memorable. Um, one of my best meals at home. Probably, um, I always go back to the beef ribs, the, the 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 short ribs. You know, get a whole plate of them, and I I slow roasted those on the primo for the first time, and did it low and slow. And they, of they course, turned. he doesn't need any time to work out the timing or anything else. Cooked them perfectly first time. <laughs> he's he's he just no. he's like a he's you know it's no. it's done by feel here. It makes me, it makes me mad. But it's <laughs> that you know I've 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 shared that meal with you guys before, and it's just like. It's basically like a juicy brisket on the bone is the best way that I can describe it. And it's actually easier to cook than a brisket. A brisket you can you can mess up. You can dry that thing out. Uh, I, I feel like these uh, the short ribs have a little bit of forgiveness. Yeah. 
but just a fantastic meal. We did that just one night with friends at our house. Made it kind of a your typical summer barbecue. You know, corn on the cob, um, caprese. You know, fresh fr- fresh uh, garden tomatoes, uh, mozzarella, mm-hmm. fresh basil from the garden with the balsamic. Just that's that's as good as it gets to me. Yep. Wow. Well, that's a good start. Um, yeah, that was a lot of steak that that, that was, was grilled a, that night. Well. I, I'll have to send you the photo of it, and maybe we could post it on uh, on the on the Facebook page or something. It's hilarious. I mean, it looks like a a table full of steaks. Yeah, and they were they were very good. And it's it's like you didn't really have to be so. I mean, obviously it was grilled well, but it was one of those meats that you probably didn't have to try too hard to grill it well in order for it to be that good. Excellent quality meat for yeah. sure. That's yeah. That's our go-to place up there. So, all right, uh, Ryan, why don't you go next? Food. I'll be quick, but I got one follow-up question. So, in you know, we're drinking a beer that's been aged in four different bourbon barrels. So, <laughs> are, are you at the point where you're going like a quadruple, triple, triple grilled, cr- triple cooked uh, type of meat yet? Where you go from the smoker to the egg to the regular grill? Uh, to whatever the new fancy thing you got is, or no, anything. I, have you I, done that yet? Where you just try it on a, all four of them? Not, not the big crossover. I've done two. You know, like the uh, the smoke with the reverse sear, and I think all the right. Primo will be really great at that reverse sear, much better than my gas grill. So breweries were at just double barreled not too long ago. So yeah, uh, that's true. We'll expect a little bit of progress this time next barrel. year. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Ryan, food. Memorable food, best food. With no travel, uh, it's certainly been something cooked at home, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, due to uh, having a few kids, I'm probably at least uh, 2 to 17 years away from cooking the way that Mark does <laughs> again. <laughs> but, uh, no, I like uh, – one thing I like is, you know, a, a good – beef tenderloin is just kind of always hits a spot and i really like the reverse sear method with it so um so i did that uh you know we just moved into a new house and i did that with our family to kind of kick off the the summer and and housewarming and whatnot and um i do that with this uh lowry's teriyaki marinade and so you know because the meat's so thick it doesn't really in in infuse the meat too much with that flavor but it's just got a little bit of that nice sweetness on the outside Add a little garlic and and seasoned salt and pepper to it um, on top of that, and then just do a reverse sear. So cook it in the oven for, uh, I don't know, probably 30, 45 minutes. I don't remember the exact timing on it. And then uh, Mm -hmm. throw it on the grill at about 600 degrees for about, I don't know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds aside and let it rest. And it was just fabulous and did that with some some roasted vegetables and whatnot and just had a really nice meal. And um, lucky enough, I cooked it perfectly to my to my liking for <laughs> for the family i usually on his, uh, on kinda, his first try I usually kind of cross <laughs> my fingers guy. whether or not i'm going to do that uh, very well but uh, no it turned out really 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 well and and it was a fun night awesome and then you pair that with a nice red wine and it's hard to beat mm-hmm. nice kyle me so yeah with uh covid and uh, a newborn we don't really go out much at all um so home-cooked meal Nothing, nothing too crazy, but my go-to lately has been spatchcocked chickens on the Weber at like 325. Let it go for like two hours. Skin's crispy, mm-hmm. perfectly juicy. 
got dinner, lunch, maybe dinner again. Yeah. Yeah. Do you Just, do you do anything specific um, seasoning-wise? Salt, pepper, paprika, garlic powder. Okay. Put a, olive oil on it and then throw that on, on there under the skin a little bit. Toss yeah. it on. It's uh, – that method, it's incredibly forgiving. It, you, it's, yeah, it it cooks it perfectly. Right. It's. I've done that same, you know, because the spatchcocking is just kind of fun too. It is, yeah. Um, but I did that. I've done that on the smoker, and you just do a little bit more low and slow, and yep. it still turns out you just got so much juicy, flavorful chicken that way, and it cooks more evenly. From you know, that's that's the whole reasoning behind the spatchcocking is it cooks it more evenly because it's just a thinner, flatter piece of... Bread. I had been doing that, and then I didn't take the time. And I was like, I'll just throw it on. It'll be fine. It wasn't fine. Yeah. Was, <laughs> I should have taken the time. I did a, a little variation this weekend. Instead of spatchcocking, I decided to go with the uh, the beer can chicken. Oh, yeah? Uh, but I put a little twist on it. What beer did you use? I used... I had a Sam Adams Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah. So a Sam Adams Oktoberfest, but then, uh, you know, opened up the top of it. Um and then poured uh, poured into a glass. I drank it. Don't worry. Didn't pour it out. Uh, but then I filled the rest of the can up with pickle juice and then put uh, garlic clove, black peppercorns, and fresh rosemary in there as well and let that just baste on the inside of that whole chicken for, for the about three hours that I had it on there. I used a pickle brine for my uh, hot chicken. It was delicious. That's awesome. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Yep. This, I, I didn't brine. I just I put it on fresh um, and, mm-hmm. and let it work from the inside out. It's a great use of pickle juice, so I'll just dovetail onto that. Um, at least, I, I want to say, now, lots of steaks have been going around. I think my best put-together meal was when my parents visited. Um, this also involved having my wife go and get the steak and meat at Alwyn's, which... Um, to perfection, got four nice, big, great New York strips. But then in the process of asking for and trying to get pork shoulder to also do that weekend, the um, the the employee there had sort of gaslighted my wife into bringing home like a 10-pound like <laughs> pork tenderloin instead of pork shoulder. Oh. Um, so anyway, you know... <laughs> this is not what your husband wants. He wants this. And she's like, okay. (laughs) Um, New York strips done on the Weber uh, and using the CXT coffee rub, which, you know, at first my mom was like, "Eh, I don't know about coffee. I don't want too much, but I think their coffee rub is just wonderful. Uh, We did grilled peaches and then we do these. Ooh, grilled peaches. Uh, Grill grill them whole. Halved. Halved. And then we did... Sweet potato, kind of like French fries with this like tahini, quote, ketchup, but it's like a tahini dip. And that was probably one of the best put together meals. But I will like to kind of dovetail onto this idea of the pickle brine. It's a good use of pickle juice. So I've always loved Nashville hot chicken, hot chicken sandwiches, fried chicken sandwiches. And um, Kenji Lopez-Alt, who does the food lab, who does uh, the, the um, uh, he has a restaurant called Worst Hall. He does a korean flavored basically hot chicken sandwich and so i was like i'm doing this so i get all the ingredients and this is one of those things where my wife looked at me like you're seriously going to spend this much time all day long creating all these ingredients and doing this i was like i get that a lot so it has a brine basically but 
it utilizes the gochugaru, which is the you know red pepper chili flakes, um, and fried it in peanut oil and holy cow, like all of that like Korean flair and spice and flavor to it. And I I love all those flavor combinations. It has too. like red pepper flakes. It has sesame seeds. It's got buttermilk. It's breaded heavily and it's fried in peanut oil. I mean, and it even had like. Uh, uh, a kimchi mayo and you basically brine it in kimchi juice instead of brining it in pickle juice so you go to the grocery store you drain the kimchi you can chop up the kimchi for your mayo but then use the brine the the juice for the brine i mean unparalleled i am so hungry right now i can't wait to try that in 17 years (laughs) (laughs) it takes a little time and effort but it was worth it it was worth it so that coffee rub would you use that on anything besides beef I have some. I bought it when I was uh, there, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. But uh, I'd probably I, consider using it on pork. Would you use it on pork? I was thinking about doing like a pork tenderloin or something this weekend and, and using it on that. It's hard Figured to overseason I'd ask. it like a pork chop. Like you a can pork chop. Right. pretty much do whatever you want with a pork chop. Yeah. I bet if you brined it, pickle brined a pork chop, and then did a coffee rub. I'm here for it. Yeah. I think I think it should be at least tested. <laughs> we'll do the pints and All provisions right. test I kitchen. All right, I concur. All right, you'll you'll hear back from I us. I try that. How do you cook your, your uh, New York strips uh, on the Weber with some lump charcoal. Uh, yeah, I I almost shut my gas grill off this summer once I got <laughs> that lump charcoal grill. And see, Evan makes fun of Mark for his four grills, but he's got three, so <laughs> it's really not that different. <laughs> Let's just get that out there real quick. <laughs> My new smoker makes it three now, too. I, uh, Jeez. I, I, You're not rolling unless you have I, three. I came home one day this uh, this summer, and I, I looked at my wife and I said, hey, I've got a confession. I bought another grill today. And <laughs> she looked at me like, you've got to be kidding. And she said, are you serious? I said, I'm, I'm serious. She's like, what did you buy now? And uh, she was a little relieved when I told her it was the travel size Weber, the Smoky <laughs> Joe, the little, yeah. the little guy. Little guy. So she kind of took a, a deep breath of uh, relief and uh, kind of laughed it off. But uh, that's nice for traveling. Oh, no doubt. I mean, there's just something about real charcoal, especially if you get good lump charcoal. Yeah. There's, there's no, and they're not expensive. You know, you can grab those at any hardware store, and they're high quality. They pump out some good stuff. Mm-hmm. What I really want to do is start grilling on my uh, chimney starter, like a uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. A strip steak or something just on there. Just really just hot. <laughs> yeah, yep. I've cool. seen that with like vegetables, like broccolini and stuff like that. I've also seen it with like a tuna steak when you like yeah. want to get a really hard sear quick, on it. Quick yeah. sear, that would be delicious. Okay, again, pints and provisions test kitchen. <laughs> hey, I was gonna, I was gonna throw this out real quick, real quick here. Um, a local place uh, I started using their seasoning this summer. Uh, it's it's made for steak and brisket uh, is what it's uh, labeled as, but I've been using it on chicken as well. It's fantastic. It's called Smoking Ghost Barbecue Seasoning. It's local. Uh, it's actually uh, started as a fundraiser for Chillicothe. Uh, Chillicothe Grey Ghost. The Grey Ghost. Uh, awesome. IBC. So, Where did you get it at? Um, I found it a, a couple different places. Actually, randomly, the last place I picked it up was Kelly Seed downtown. Peoria. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but just yes. uh, you can find if, if you're looking for it. Uh, places <laughs> locally have it. So nice, excellent, excellent rub. All right. Any more food related items? Otherwise, I think we'll take a break and we'll hit up the uh, beer and drink related items. All right. Back in a me. moment. 
This is Neil Fisher from Wellworks Brewing Company, and you're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast. And B- Sump is typically think, a thick style, yeah. so to have those side by side was crazy. Toppling Goliath is known for their thickness. Thick, I thought yeah. the same thing. That collaboration, okay, it's impressive. I'm curious what they what they do. Obviously, like Weldworks just boils it for a week and a half, right? But yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be the same concept, right? Just a really long boil, or you can dump in. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. Dextrose, 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 milk, sugar, lactose. Yeah. Okay. But There's more artificial yeah. means, but it doesn't taste. This it, doesn't it taste, taste like that. No. It's uh, it's. I think it's, it's just you know utilizing a good mash bill and boiling the ever living hell out of it. And the coffee bean is perfect for the yeah. stout. Uh, it's not overpowering. You don't get any of that green pepper, which sometimes it seems like is very prevalent in a lot of these coffee stouts lately. Um, I just think it's it's very subtle, but it's uh, you get that that herbalness and and some of the f- kind of fruitiness on just the very, very subtle side on the, a little bit on the finish, a little bit on the front end, and uh, the stout is just fabulous. I really wonder really nice. if that is because maybe some of these use um, like a steeped bean rather than cold brew. Because I think that was something that if I do, if I continue to add coffee to stouts that I brew, I'm going to continue to use cold brew coffee. It's so easy. It, it just, you just dump it in and yeah. you're done. And move I, on with your life. I think... Corey from Side Project has said that is his preferred means is cold brew, right? I believe. I don't know. I Perhaps. don't think it's a lot of cold brew. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But anyway, what ver- coffee? Ver- what coffee stout have they done? Okay, I. I guess like I stand. Side I guess I stand corrected. Does anybody know? Unless uh, they do a non barrel age. What goose Because they do the barrel age coffee shop vibes, but that's shared. Yeah, it's shared. I don't. Does his side don't project know. ever really done a coffee stout? I don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Does Maybe I at least heard him talk about it on yeah. a podcast. I mean, or he something. obviously has plenty to do with shared, but yeah. yeah does anybody know. know about the Bourbon County coffee? How they do that? I think it's uh, steeped. Steeped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's cold brew in a, in Legencia. Because here's the other thing: is does one have better, you know? upfront flavor but does one have longer lasting like staying power you know like if you crack if you crack like an, an older bourbon county coffee in my opinion they still hold up i holds mean up forever i don't know what know? bourbon County. yeah so it's like what do they do does, but it stays forever right yeah so it makes me wonder does the steeping have a little more staying power than a cold brew well i think the key with the bourbon counties is looking back to 2014 and before because uh sure right. the other ones just haven't held up for as long of a time and i don't know i don't know if it was the um it could be though honestly it could be whatever they did um i I always forget the the technique that they used after the infections but oh pasteurization pasteurization, yeah Uh, oh yeah but i don't know if it was that or or mass producing or whatever but uh there's a different (laughs) sure so county coffee is a way different beer uh 2014 and before versus versus now all right yeah i i Agreed. I guess I, I have a I have a I have a feeling that well at least from my experience when I did the cold brew it, it was great up front, um, but it did fade pretty quickly. Uh, that could be just homebrew techniques though too. Um, flavors yep. adjuncts can sometimes really act differently than in more of the mass produced capacities. Yep. You're not stripping out all the yeast, and they're still kind of 
turn and they can yeah i mean they've got a lot of other things in their in their wheelhouse that they can kind of fiddle around with but i i've i guess i've liked the ease of the cold brew and it does bring a huge intensity right up front i mean we didn't get any maple on that thing and now you get like lots of maple on that homebrew even though it's not super carved but you know that's another that's another thing we don't talk about that we don't talk about that (laughs) i still got a bottle of that in my fridge do i need to crack that I think it's going to hold up fine. Yeah. Okay. It's not going anywhere. It's just I've kept my bottles at home not refrigerated to see if there still wouldn't be a little, like, tiny active yeast that just want to carb it a little bit. Hang on to it for a year or two to see if that one yeast... Uh... One <laughs> yeast cell just propagates and is able to eat up that sugar. He's working. Um, He's doing his best. So I might as well um, kind of get everybody going on some of their favorite beers... Um, of the 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 summer, but we should also then kind of transition. Like, what are you looking forward to here in the in the fall uh, and in in the winter? I guess if I would go first, I would say that still, at least when it comes to summer favorite beers, it's always now the lager. So, you know, live oak, live oak pills uh, in the summer on the boat, something like that, amazing. Uh, I will give an honorable mention, as Ryan and, and, and some of us were mentioning, when we came over to my house this summer, the Holmes um, spontaneous fermented beer that you you brought that, Brett? Two thumbs up it was over like there. Two thumbs up. Yeah, he like watermelon, vanilla beans, and maybe like lime, lime yeah. something like that. I mean, actually kind of a surprising showstopper when it came to that lineup of absolute crushable... <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say crushable, crushed beers that we did that day. Yes. Um, but obviously, BBT Batch 2 that day was uh, an outstanding um, standout. So uh, probably summer beers for that. And just to kind of finish out on that thought, fall beers. Popped my first Oktoberfest last night, the uh, Urban Chestnut Ocats. Yep. Nice. Oh, my God. It tasted so good. Like, it just kind of was cool out. It just absolutely hit the spot. Like, I'm ready for some Marzins and some Oktoberfest right now. I'm really sad because this Friday I think would be Oktoberfest in, in Peoria. Yeah. And they always I think you're serve right. they always serve the Urban Chestnut Oktoberfest, yes. I got second in the log sawing competition a couple of years back. Yes. Actually, uh Brian, who I mentioned earlier, we won that one year. We oh were, yeah. We were the proud recipients of a fifteen dollar um Avanti's uh gift oh. card. I got five. Five dollars for uh, second we place. We were we were big time. Fifteen bucks. <laughs> what does that buy you at Avanti's? Nothing. Um, half a torpedo or what? Yeah, maybe <laughs> half a gondola. Yeah. <laughs> but they, not the not the one with uh, lettuce and tomato. Yeah, they, just, they, the they take some ingredients off of that for yeah. five bucks. Yeah, 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 you get that. <laughs> I, 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 in, 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 perhaps if I could also mention, uh, uh, I will continue to kind of perpetuate this sort of undertow of uh, my my new tiki obsession but I did make some homemade Mai Tais nice. uh, a couple weeks ago, which um, I want to continue to do with fresh squeezed limes, fresh squeezed lemon, uh, orzat syrup, uh, and a couple of different rums. I think that's white and dark rum as well. So uh, a little Ooh. fun kind of new good. way to enjoy you know, cocktail hour with, uh, with, uh, with a group of friends or a small group of friends at least. Okay. Are you still looking? I can go. Yeah. doesn't matter. Go ahead. All right. Mine's easy. It's... Slow pour pills is, is 
Oh, for the first time now, cans. You could it's get in it. Cans. It, it used to be you had to make the trek out to, to Denver to get it. And the only upside to the pandemic and COVID has been breweries for, or have been forced to can their beers and distribute them. And mm-hmm. Beer Stout Lager House in Denver had to do that. Which they vehemently were against because yeah. they they wanted that slow pour. You can tell. It's, they it's, take like 15 minutes to pour it. Like it is a very like defined process. And so you are kind of like. Have I you s- been there in person to get it? No, but okay. I need to. So the brewers had said, and just to cut in, they said what they recommend doing when you come to their brewery, order a Hellas and a slow pour and drink the Hellas while you wait for the slow pour. Uh, because I can drink the Hellas I love like, that. all day, I every love day that. for the rest of my life. That beer is also fantastic. And But yeah, we, so I had the slow pour when we were recording with Kinship. My buddy had sent me a crawler of the slow pour and I cracked it and then I proceeded to not pay attention to what we were talking about with Kinship. Like, what are you? What is this thing I just poured in my glass? This is phenomenal. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I continued to pester my brother and my buddy that both live in the Broomfield area of Denver to send me as much as they possibly can. I absolutely love that beer. Yeah, that's. And uh, looking forward to, I, yeah, I'd agree. I, I love drinking with the seasons. So Mars ends in fall, Saison's in spring. I like it. I like it. Stouts in the winter. Yep. Stout season. <laughs> Ryan? This is a tough one, but uh, yeah, I, I've been drinking a lot of lager as well, and uh, I've had a few beer stots, and obviously we get some dovetail here from Chicago. Yes, the Hellas, and, yes. And, uh, and Suarez as well. So, I mean, I've really enjoyed just kind of mixing it up with those three. Um, there's a couple others that I, I got from, uh, I don't even remember the brewery now. Uh, in L.A., we had a, a Hoppy Pills from, from one of those. Timbo Pills? Timbo Pills, that's right. I I couldn't. I was drawing a blank there. So, the, that's probably going to be Highland the Park. Highland Park Brewery. That's it. Yeah, that is. And a, uh, that's a that's a mosaic hopped pilsner. Yeah, nice. it is <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> so that's probably just going to be something that I remember from the uh, the summer of COVID. But uh, I I think uh, the share that we had at Evan's house will be another one where uh, we had the I. I I forgot to look at the year, but I believe it was a 2009 Lupepe Creek. Um, maybe it was 2004. Yeah, I think it was older. Yeah, it might have been 2003. Something in the – it was definitely in the 10 to 15-year range of uh, – It was when I was in high school. Fruited Lambic, and uh, it was just fabulous. We, I think we all had a fun time pulling that cork out and just kind of looking at the uh, – the one side that is just super dark and disgusting and kind of moldy, and and then the <laughs> other side that you can just smell the fruit on it. Um, yeah. We had Evans, some Evan had some family over that day that uh, was just kind of flabbergasted with what we were doing, and they smelled that cork and were just like, "Holy cow, that comes from a 15 year old beer!" Like it was just kind of a, it was just kind of a fun moment, and uh, I, think I think it was a 2008. I'm looking at the picture. 2008. Okay, yeah. Yep. I forgot to pull a picture out. So that, it was Lupepe Creek, right, by Cantillon? Yep. Yeah. So uh, that was a special one. That's probably the memory for me um, as, as probably the best beer of the summer. Uh, I was thinking, last week I had two beers. That was it. Uh, just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's been a good <laughs> we week. Had, we had red wine on Saturday, and 
So it was just kind of beer minimal, and um, but uh, so you know we've obviously Hashtag probably beer minimal. <laughs> we've had one share, maybe a, a partial minimal. one, you know, another night uh, in June or whatever. But I think that's the one for me. Nice. I will say we haven't talked much about what we're drinking tonight, other than a couple of these. This Barrel Theory cream that we started with, uh, excellent coconut Bloodland. vanilla cinnamon, mm-hmm. I think. Was just fabulous. Uh, that was a really, really nice one to start with. Thirteen uh, percent imperial stout, barrel aged. I just thought it was really smooth, easy to drink, but the flavors all were really well balanced. So that was, that was a good one too. Brad just mentioned. Remember the uh, floodland uh, transmigration oh, of light. Yes, gin barrel aged with like nectarines apricots or, nectarines? or apricots. Yeah, some stone fruit. Mm. I mean, one of the most uh, yeah interesting. That's the best beer of the year. Expressions of. Yeah. yeah, that was fabulous. Yeah, gin, gin barrel's a uh, a tricky one. I feel like it's a rum barrel. It like was it's incredible. Very easy to mess up. Oh, and we everyone we, constantly right. messes it up. Yeah, right. when you when you hit it right. We thought about that. We were like, mm, gin barrels. I wonder what. Oh, oh, it that, was. I've had a couple gin barrels. It, and hit, they were, it was they were incredible. Awful. Yeah, I mean, if anybody can do it, Floodland probably could. Right. I would agree. I think kind of forgot about that. I one. forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go through my Way pictures. Go, I usually forget about this stuff and. I was going back to, uh, we had a little share at my old house before we moved. Most Tones was a big one that day. All those Maybe brewery a- bottles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many of those <laughs> Aslan stouts that we uh, like the, the, opened up? And the 10 Aslan grind, stouts, but we had a BBT it, that day. We had some good ones. kept cracking those Aslans, just like, <laughs> one after another. <laughs> that was a variation. Of those that. were all like so, all high octane. All right, so, all right, we, so I skipped raft, that one and went back to Evans and said, uh, "We went rafting." Yeah, we did raft. Okay, <laughs> next. Okay, so for me, I've got I've got a couple that come to mind. Um, I kind of break them down into different categories: uh, most memorable, uh, best beer, and most uh, or one that I just really enjoyed over the summer. I'll start with uh, uh, one I really enjoyed over the summer. I got a handful of um, it was an unfiltered pil- pilsner from Jester King. Uh, very well done. Just uh, did you bring that to my house? Yes, we all um, had it. Yeah, I think I <laughs> might have. I had, I, had mul- I had multiples. Uh, enjoyed quite a few of them. Just out grilling as well. Uh, just everything you'd want in a in a in a pilsner. So, um, oh, that's actually that was a different one. That was the farm. Oh. That was the farmhouse. The farmhouse beer. Yeah. Okay, never mind. The one I was talking about was just uh, was literally. So you held uh, out on us. Here's a picture of it. It's just oh unfiltered pilsner. Oh, yeah. Uh, just a just a great great beer, um, best beer of the of the summer um, revolved around that same uh, night at Evans House. Uh, that was a fantastic the, share. <laughs> I paid for it the next day. Yeah, uh, BBT 2018. Um, yeah, that was very memorable. Just, uh, just a great beer. Uh, so that goes down as probably my number one, and then just a a, a very memorable time. Uh, you know, and this has more to do with, you know, when you enjoy a, a great beer in a fantastic setting. Um, uh, you know, there's just something that kind of always clicks uh, that will always uh, you'll look back on fondly. And I had some fresh um, juices loose from Transient. Uh, it's a New England style IPA, but I had that up in Michigan while we were out boating and That's just a good hang, one. just hanging out. And it was uh, it had just dropped uh, right as I was. Uh, driving through Bridgman stopped and uh, picked some up they just they just put it on the on the shelf wasn't actually on the shelf yet so very fresh but 
there's just something about you know when you're up in Michigan uh, drinking a Michigan beer out boating uh, very memorable so yeah oh yeah that's mine nice listen to the listen to the cicadas and the crickets here it's great I background. love I, I love uh, podcasting outside at night so Fall is upon us. We'll start drinking our Marzins and, and our uh, Oktoberfests and our mm-hmm. pumpkin beers. And everyone is talking about how much they're excited about pumpkin and yam and, and spice beers. <laughs> Wait, no. Yes. Nobody. Uh, pump- <laughs> says hey, nobody. Pumpkin spice seltzers. More lager. <laughs> was that real? That is a real thing. It's coming. It's not <sighs> thought, out yet, but it I will be. it was a meme. Oh, my God. No. It was, oh my God, no. no. Uh, Bush Light made fun of it last year and said they were going to have a 17% Bush Latte pumpkin spice seltzer but this year someone actually decided to just yeah go for it mine why not yeah why not why not i'm yeah i mean you're gonna make a ton of money off of it either by people jokingly buying it or people actually buying it because they're (laughs) terrible people (laughs) so um speaking speaking of kind of seltzer water uh how many times have you made texas ranch water cow all the time i we it's a staple at our house now Is Topo Chico, limes, and tequila is just there all the time. It's yeah. fantastic. And now that you can buy the like one liter bottle of Topo Chico at Benny's, you can one liter bottles over I've, over in the. I've yet to try this over in the seltzer section. You are missing out. It's Topo Chico. You can't use anything other than Topo Chico. Don't even try. Don't even don't go get Gerald Steiner and all this other crap. You got to use Topo Chico, tequila, and a fresh lime. It's fantastic. Why not Pellegrino? <clears throat> Preferred. Because that's Italian. Get out of here, Ryan. <laughs> Preferred that's tequila. Italian. Um, <laughs> so oh. I didn't make Texas ranch water when I, I have, used Pellegrino. Apparently. I have a very small thing of Patron at home. That's it. Uh, yeah. Coralejo. Yeah. Okay. The uh, blue bottle. I think right. I have. And then uh, Espulone. It's the one with the skeleton riding a chicken. That's jousting another skeleton riding a chicken. Oh, well, oh, I might have to that. get that just for that. Yeah, that's, yeah, cool. that's cool. Dos hombres. So have you guys got Los pollos hermanos. If you guys got into the, okay, now back to Germany. Uh, <laughs> this is Oktoberfest. Yeah. What have you guys tried, not tried so far this year? Just um, the O-Cats. Uh, I saw Benny's has a deal right now. It's like a, uh, I thought it was like a Foster's can almost, like a 32-ounce can and a Stein for like $9 of Polyander okay. Oktoberfest. Ooh. Yeah, it's like the, the big uh, uh, oil can, like the Foster, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of want that just for the... Uh, I, I had uh, I picked up the Phase Three Oktoberfest the other day. Oh, um, it was. Nicely I had that done. last year. It was really good. Yeah, it was yeah. nicely done. I enjoyed it. Does Dovetail come out with an Oktoberfest or a Marzen? They. Yep. I've had it when I was. I've oh. been to their Oktoberfest. Before. It's out. It's fantastic. That probably won't make it down here though. Maybe. Maybe not. That'd be awesome if it does. Yeah, I mean, I will have to give a shout think, out to. I think Peoria. Brett gave me a couple cans. I just haven't tried it yet. For actually drinking all of the Dovetail, like we're blowing through every dovetail can that gets to bending is which right. is fantastic which means we get more of it right and i'm you're right super happy about that you're right <laughs> i hope they see that maybe say hey we're gonna throw a couple more styles yes at you. please yeah please please and thank you that'd be awesome i won't hesitate to drink the amber locker either like anything no. that they have on the shelf yeah. unless i really don't need it i'll usually just grab a four pack of it's well, i picked up the uh they had a creek the other day in, in bloomington oh yeah that's right I, I picked that up have you tried it not yet but I, high hopes. All right. Well, let's. Uh, anything else to wrap up? Otherwise, nope. cheers to fall. Um, say goodbye to summer. 
And right. um, we'll look forward to seeing you guys soon. Cheers. 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 Clink, clink, clink. Cheers. <laughs>